Have you got the dock open that I made? I haven't got the dock open. Do I need the dock open? I've got a request access for this fucking thing. That means you've <laughs> never looked at it before! <laughs> Are you kidding? You've never no. looked at our notes! Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italia. This week, we look at the end of the men's Six Nations, a historic third place for the under-20s, and a quick look ahead to Ileoni hosting the Lions on Saturday. Most passes made, most possession, second most defenders beaten, second most dominant tackles, most metres made, all in hand, fastest rook speed, most passes made. Those are Italy's stats over the last six nations. How did they lose against Scotland? It's a very good question, coach. Execution, execution, execution. Yep. I mean, they did the thing they said they weren't going to do again, which is where they ended up quite far behind. And yeah. then they had to play catch up. And then it looked like they'd done it. It looked like they had it. 76 minutes in, 78 minutes in, on the Scottish try line, Scotland are leaking penalties, and then bang, nothing. Ah, oh, it was, it was, it was just so close. It was just so close. It hurts. I, I'm not sure that I can um, host a podcast about rugby, about Italian rugby guys, because I had to go back and obviously watch the game again. And oh, it's like PTSD. But um, we were complaining last week about game management. This week, when they got their act together. They scored a try down the left. They're getting back in the game. They then go for points. Garbisi takes those points. They then work their bit after some heroic defending. There's a bit of back and forth. Scotland have an intercept. Italy do amazingly to, to stop it. Rutza, huge hit. Penalty one. They're on the front foot again. They're right the way down there. Everyone can feel it. It's coming home. Ah. Does it feel a little bit like every time that you guys think that it's coming home? It's exactly like <laughs> the feeling of being an England football fan. I've never it really... is exactly the same. Yeah, I've never felt that. I've, I've always felt, you know, obviously the disappointment of being an Italian rugby fan, but, you know, the football's always picked us up. But now I guess I get that. Yeah, you feel like you're right there. It's coming home and it, it just... It would be just like the football if in football they decided to stay in their own half for most of the game. <laughs> Look, I mean, thank the Lord that the the platitudes of English commentary on Italian rugby seem to have dissipated about, oh, well, they've defended well for 60 minutes, but um, time will tell. They'll, they'll, they'll drop the ball and it'll all fall apart for those last 20 minutes. I mean, one thing you cannot deny after a game like that is the power, that level of fitness is insane. I mean, they defended solidly for 30 minutes in their own half, basically the whole of the first half, bar those first 10 minutes or so. They were defending in their own 22. It, I mean, that would knock anyone out. And somehow they were there up until the 78th minute going for it. Well, they're going for it right till the end. I mean, yeah. it, 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 we could talk about whether that was offside at the end. Yeah. The thing is, they had opportunity after opportunity in those last couple of minutes to score. It was all there. They had baby Garbisi going for the line. It was a great tackle to stop him. 
There was an overlap. Lamaro threw a pretty terrible pass to Brex. That killed that. A knock-on at the very end. You know, there, there were there were several opportunities. You know, when they took that quick tap-and-go penalty, the power that they ran at, yeah. you thought, this is absolutely going to be an Italian try. This is on. But I don't think it's, again, it's probably an issue is you've got to go back to the start, don't you? You've got to go back and go, well, how did they get to having to chase the game um, as usual? And obviously I'm not pretending that they should have been ahead for the whole game because Scotland are a superb team, but um, they went down um, and had to chase the rest of the game. Um, Tommy Allen, coach's favourite, missed... He left, what, five points out there? I'm not saying they were easy kicks. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. There were kicks that would be great if you get them, but you don't expect any kicker necessarily to take those kicks. One of them right in the corner off a try that he scored. And the other one, I think, was about 40 metres away as well. So there weren't easy kicks by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know. The first one wasn't a difficult kick. If you're an international kicker, it's not a difficult kick. Sure, coach, well, Scotland... nobody can see this, but coach is nodding. He doesn't want to express too much opinion because, you know, we're, we're here for positivity, positivity. But honestly, if Italy could find a Johnny Wilkinson, pay him everything to just come and teach us how to kick. I mean, we'll touch on the under 20s as well. Guys, it's coming. Look, it was beautiful. What a great, great sort of start to Super Saturday, that atmosphere at Murrayfield. I am a huge fan of Scotland's second kit. The purple. Yeah, love it. Don't you love it? Sure. (laughs) No? Well, the rock in the the pink neon lights at Murrayfield, it looks like a brothel. (laughs) Look. I loved the lilac. I thought the lilac was really beautiful. I prefer it to their first kit. I thought it was great. Lovely, lovely. Um, we always talk about Italy's kit being um, very sexy, attractive, but I thought Scotland's second kit rivals them. Good. Well, that's not going to make it into the podcast. Let me talk about... <laughs> <laughs> the kicking isn't their only issue. Line-out throws are a real problem for Italy and have been for years. And I think it's because they're all looking up to Luca Bigi and Luca Bigi doesn't know how to throw. Can we say that? Is that too negative? No, I think that's fair. I mean, look, we've got to we've got to be honest. Um, but I don't think it's because Luca Bigi, like they're not all looking up to Luca Bigi. He was um... there in spirit and that <laughs> meant the line outs didn't go to plan. Yeah, they weren't great. I mean, they did that same thing, right, where they're on their five Scotland's five meter line and they overthrow. Or they, yeah, they they throw long and it's there too long. It was almost long. an exact copy of what happened in the beginning of the Wales game, where they ended up in good territory early on and then cocked up the line out. Hopefully, Lucchese's back soon. Yeah, but look, I think Nick Arthur has come in and been superb as he a. Does, he, did, he did some great line out throws, and in open play, he's incredible. Yeah, but I just. They really need to be neater there. Line out stolen. Italy are second from bottom. No but way. They beat England, but they beat England. England mm. didn't, didn't do it once. Good stats. Coaches here on, uh, are they in your notebook? They're in my notebook and I found a website. Great. That great. tells me these things. And these are these are recent stats. This, so you're not... this is Six Nations official stats. This Wonder- isn't chat GTP. This isn't AI. This is genuine stats. 2023. Um. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
How long have you had that notebook, coach? Well, it's a 2018 planner, so. (laughs) Every time we go and watch Benetton play, we buy coach a notebook. So I'm actually a little bit offended that you've We've bought you so many notebooks and good use, but yeah, this, no, this is 2023. Great. Okay. So these stats are up to date. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Look, their line out wasn't perfect on Saturday. It's not been perfect in the six nations. Um, there's a lot that they have to work on. However, five defeats, five games, five losses. Somehow I still feel pretty upbeat oh yeah we we would be would be super upbeat if they beat scotland but the thing is this is a world cup year all the other teams are going to be losing players at the end of the world cup italy are right at the beginning of their growing they're just going to get better and better and better and there weren't any games this year that you think oh well they fluked that or you know the other team really made them look better than they are that's where they're at. Yeah, they are that... so close. That team in four years' time or two years' time or even one year's time probably beats France. Not in, in terms of France not being good, but if they were in that end situation again, you'd expect them after the lessons they're learning yeah. to finish it. They would finish Scotland as well with a bit more maturity. So I stand by it. I've said it before. I think in the next five years or so, Italy will be looking like a team that, can't just compete at this tournament, but may actually win this tournament. I really want you to put that bet down. I, I mean, there must be a way. There must be some sort of somebody who who places that and who will let you take that bet because I think that's a really exciting bet. Um, I, I'm not sure about the also. It's not very. It's not very clear. Five years or so. Put the bet down for in the next five years. Yeah, in the next five years, I think there's a very good chance Italy could actually win this tournament. Look, but I think that's it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Normally, or in previous years, you come away going, oh, so many squandered opportunities. And and the main thing is, when are they going to get that opportunity again? And I think that's the difference. It's like now you go, oh, God, so many squandered opportunities. They left so much out there but it feels like it's building. It's They're not going to forget this. They're only going to build from this. They're, they're going to come away from the Six Nations going, guys, there's two games we could have won in the final few minutes, and we... It's, it's an abundance of opportunities, which is the yeah. difference. Normally, yeah. it's, oh, they missed the opportunity, and they would have they won that game. They would have done this, they would have done that. This is more... There's a, you could group the opportunities. Yeah, I mean, and look, even the in, the first, in the first six minutes... Six minutes, sorry... They butchered their first opportunity. They had that line out, two penalties, uh, two advantages going their way, and then that final pass out was a disaster. That's straight from six minutes in. They could have gone up. In the end, they take the kick, um, which, I mean, yeah, fine, they get the three points. But Scotland will have felt really, really happy that they took those three points and didn't try to score. Um, because the pressure was on from the beginning and then it was just the final pass. Again, it's always that final pass. The final pass, as shown by Fusco to his teammate, Simone Jesse. Fusco basically uh, starts incredibly strong, in my opinion, has a great first half. Um, and then, yeah, I, uh, I wrote that Fusco leaving his worst pass of the Six Nation in the most crucial moment. And then about 20 seconds later, I was like, I wrote down in my notebook, sorry leaves his two worst passes because then they have another opportunity 
and he passes the ball to no one again five meters out so but i thought he was good all in all but that pass to jesse i mean and their teammates they 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 train i assume they train in palmer as in i know they're based in palmer but i assume some training is done by zebra Wow, you're you, really... I, you, you would think he should, he should be able to hit that winger with his eyes closed. And he's a scrum half. The scrum half passing off his right shoulder to a winger that he plays with day in, day out. It's excitement. It's over-excitement. That's all it is, right? He's like, it's, that's it. Because if he gets that pass, it's in. If he gets that pass, he's away. And you feel for Jesse on his debut, don't you, going, gosh, if... If he didn't really get many clean balls. He didn't, didn't get... get a look in. No. Yeah, if you're constantly in your own 22 and you're not in the five-meter channel enough times, then these little squandered opportunities mean everything. And that's why we're commenting on it. Yeah. You need more at-bats. You need to be more comfortable in the opposition's half. And you need to make these, 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 this possession actually matter for something because they have a lot of possession. Yeah, I mean, uh, we touched on Jesse not getting a look in really an attack. But what I will say is that I think he played a great defensive game. Um, And actually, he's the one who saves that third Scottish try from happening in the red time of the first half, right? They're flying down. And if he doesn't intercept, that's it. That that third Scottish try happens before half time. So, you know, a, a, a round of applause to a to him for his defensive work because they've sort of said in the lead up that that's kind of where he's shakier but I thought he really stepped up yep and the wingers had a tough time those Scottish wingers are not easy to keep under wraps mm. and the Merva's try was something very special and Paolo Garbisi almost did enough yeah but not quite anyone else Garbisi's tackle is incredible um but van der Merva's try is just that little bit more incredible I think that try kind of sums up the day, actually. In what way? Well, it was fantastic from Italy, but Van der Merwe just managed to get it. You know, he, he is about four inches, his feet, off yep. the floor. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. And actually, Gobbisi made a couple of try say. Well, that one wasn't a try-saving one, but in other circumstances would be a try-saving one. He makes another one a little bit later on. Unfortunately, then one of the Italy players does... Um, as he's tackling him into touch, it bounces off of him. So in the end, it's a Scottish line out. But otherwise, that's, you know, that's a try. And he makes another great, great saving tackle there. Um, it was great to have him and his little brother play, wasn't it? Family members all over the pitch. Wasn't it great in the anthems, having two sets of brothers standing next to each other, just the four of them. Garbisi brothers right next to the Canone brothers. Baby Garbisi was very good when he came on. Yeah, fantastic, actually. And I liked that he was compared in stature to Dupont. Um, in stature only at this stage. Um, I think, you know, Italy are well served to scrum halves. Do you think? Because actually, I've been reading a lot of people saying that what let Italy down this year, and again, it's Italian saying this, which is good, we need to be self-critical, was our scrum halves. I disagree. That's harsh. I, 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 I disagree. I think they're young. They're all young. Even yeah. Varney, who's the most experienced, is still very young. They're going to get much better at controlling the game, but they're all really talented. And if they become more consistent, I don't see a problem in that position at all. Yeah, we all know scrum don't do anything anyway. 
So, <laughs> like, it's it's completely pointless thing. It's like, the easiest just... position on the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, Coach? they're they're the delivery drivers of of <laughs> of sport, really. You managed to insult scrum halves and delivery drivers there. I'm not going to engage in that. You provide a service that is sorely needed, which is delivery. Oh, I see. Very good. Delivery, yeah. delivery. Very yeah. good. You're too witty for us, Coach. Look, the, the, it's not going to be the nine. It's going to be the, the ten that's causing the problems. Because, again, you're always in your own half. You're not going to get out of it with, with, um, with just box kicking alone. But I will say that they did kick a lot more. Um, in this game and Eddie you said it their game management was a bit better this time Um, and when they needed to well not when they needed to in some occasions when they needed to they kicked it out on restarts um, rather than playing I told you this last week that apparently the French have now started referring to playing um, running it out of your 22 as playing à l'italien that's class yeah but I'm not sure if it's meant in a positive way (laughs) I mean no I like it they're the, the all blacks of the northern hemisphere just running rugby. Well, because the French have got that really jouet, Yeah. No, I admire the confidence to do it. I just wish that they would they would throw in maybe a few more kicks. Yeah. Get the get the position on the field, and then tear it up because they can tear it up. They can run through people. They yeah. just can't do it sixty meters away from the try line. Or can they? Well, there are. Even though we started with good statistics, there are some bad statistics that we could look at. Oh, do you is... want to give us some bad ones? Go on. So, obviously, no surprise, least amount of tries. Oh, fewer least... than Wales. Yeah, least wow. least kick meters, which, well, so obviously. Um, least turnovers won. Interesting. Most handling errors and most yellow cards yeah, well, actually, that the yellow cards thing is an issue. And, I mean, what was it, five yellow cards, one of which probably should have been a red. Yeah, so that's one again. That's going to get in the way. So they say a yellow card costs you about 10 points. That's probably about right. I mean, the, the um, Riccioni yellow card cost them, well, it cost them a try. Um, they actually managed to hold out pretty well for the rest of it. Um but some of these stats could be misleading. The most handling errors is because they, they ran it the most. And the least kick meters is because they also ran it the most. Also, the turnovers. I feel like they, they do turnovers when they're very important. I, I wouldn't look at Italy and go, that's a team that doesn't know how to turn over the ball. They do it quite a lot. Like Zuliani will turn over anything. I think maybe it's just a stat that most teams are just so much better at. I'm, I'm confident with Italy's turning over. Like, wait, Fischetti turns over the ball... Giuliani turns over the ball. They, they have lots of players who are able to do it. And they do do it. I, I'm surprised by that stat is what I'm saying. I, I'm surprised that they're at the bottom of the table for turnovers. You're making me... Um... <laughs> is this where you tell us that these stats are from the 2013 <laughs> Six Nations? No, I mean, yeah, I am surprised, but I'm also not surprised because they... They didn't get loads, but yeah, Zuliani got a good few. Fuschetti yeah. got a good few, but apart from that, I mean, I mean, then there's also the the ridiculous call from that game that somebody needs to explain to me when Lamar goes at the beginning of the second half to um, to Jackal. Obviously, he then gets falls off his feet, rolls out of the way. Baby Canona comes in, ref says you're good, 
and then decides to turn it around and say you're not good. I, yeah, no, that was that that was odd. But also in the in the game all around that, the Scottish prop Ferguson was going into turnovers and all rucks like Ferguson. A huh? Ferguson. Ferguson. Uh, is 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 not pronounced Ferguson? Anyway, you know the guy. I mean, <laughs> he was like a beached whale. Yeah, I wrote, and, like, and, and he won a penalty, which ended up leading to a, a Scottish score. And his hands couldn't have been any clearer. Straight onto the floor, supports his own body weight like, with his hands, and then goes back to the ball, crawls back to it. And also, I mean, supports his own body weight with his hands. To me, he's like supporting his own body weight with his gut on other people. It's ridiculous. Whoa. Moving on. <laughs> Yeah, eventually he gets called up. I think it's about 55 minutes in. The ref's like, look, you you need to not be lying on your tummy the whole time. Is there anything wrong with saying gut? That's fine. Yeah, it's his gut. He was lying on his gut. It was actually, I thought it was a, a, a well-reffed game. I thought that the ref kept the pace going. He didn't kind of stop start it throughout. A couple of calls, but there you go. There's always going to be a couple of calls. Um, I did say how many times does Nigel Owens have to say that Italy have been unlucky with the roughing decision before our luck goes our way. One day it will. One day it will. We didn't talk much about the individual players or what we thought. I mean, Manfredi, he had his debut. Zebra, young Zebra baby, hooker. I thought he was pretty good for his debut. Um, Nice to actually see a couple of Zebra players that are so young having their debuts. All full of potential. I think it's exciting because Italian teams of old, in the squad, in the team, you can see a lack of depth. There's always a couple of players there and you think, oh, you're you're not an international quality player. You shouldn't really be there. I'm not going to name any names because that would be mean. But maybe look at some of the wingers who have turned out for Italy over the years and you'll see a couple of what I mean. Now, it's entirely different. Even without Monty... Even without Capuzzo, they're still still able to find some really good players, let alone May. Yes, we will talk and about I, him. I paused to think about how to pronounce his name. Francois Carlo May. For anyone who doesn't know, he's in the under-20s and he is something very special. Um, and before we start talking about the under-20s, I'm going to put to you guys... Who is your Italy player of the Six Nations? What to us? I didn't know yeah. we were doing who, this. I'm, who do you I, think I'm, I'm asking? Like the public. I, I thought we could ask our <laughs> listeners to like, like, comment and subscribe. Who is your Six Nations Italy player of the championship? Eddie? I didn't know we were doing this, so now, now I'm, 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 I'm stumped. No, it's organic. I know who I'm tempted to say, but I, I don't even believe it myself. But I can't stop myself from saying it. I don't want to say it. Stop me saying it. I don't even believe this. But Tommaso Allen. Oh. Hear me out. Plays the first couple of games at 10. Takes Italy to within four points of beating France at 10. Right? The man never gets a week off. When he's not playing for Italy, he's straight back in southwest London getting his head kicked in in Harlequins games. They really need to give him more time off. So he does well at 10, all right? Has a good game. Then Capuzzo gets injured. Can he play fullback? He's not a fullback. He's done it a couple of times his entire career. But what aren't we talking about in the Scotland game? No one's saying, oh, Italy had a shit fullback and that's why they lost. He did the job. He did the job there. 
and he did the job against Wales, and it wasn't a job that he asked for. So for that reason, I think Tommaso Allen had a really good tournament. I think you've almost sold it to me. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you first said it, I was... No, do you know what? Yeah, for... um, Fair, fair. You can have him. You can have him. Um... Mine is going to be Manuel Zuliani. I know he didn't start uh, any of the games, but what he brings on in just effort, speed, jackaling, turnovers, I think he's great. He's young, he's great, I'm excited. I think he probably deserved, I think I read that he was due to start against Scotland, but he was a bit sick. He had the fever, so they put him on the bench. But wasn't he great when he came on? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's cool. Mine's Garbisi. Which one? The Garbisi. <laughs> really? Yeah. Go I on. We, I think we are a little bit spoiled a little bit by him. I think we forget that he's that good of a player and he goes a bit unnoticed. But I think if we if you didn't have him, I think this whole Six Nations would be completely different. I think Except when unsung. we didn't have him in the opening games and Tommaso Allen was 10 and no one noticed. <laughs> no, no. But think of all think of all the, the backline breaks. He was instrumental to most of those. And that's what I'm taking away from the Six Nations is, is that that really, really strong to, strong attack that they've got. It's phenomenal. It yeah. is. That's why I don't like this question. I don't like the question of who's the player of the tournament. Because I... You go through it. I thought Ferrari at prop was absolutely yeah. incredible. He blew me out of the water. I wasn't expecting him to be as as, as solid as he was. Obviously, Fischetti. Who doesn't love Fischetti? Um, Nicotera. Nicotera. How you say? Hooker. Yeah. Rutzer, Canone. Obviously, they're amazing. But so was Yakitsi, who came on for them. Again, that's another area. I think in the past, you will see that some of the players that Italy were choosing in the second row weren't exactly world beaters. But those three are amazing. Yeah. Sebastian Negri, what a tournament he's had. Yeah. Absolutely incredible ball carrier. He's been Lamaru. all over it. Brilliant. Zuliani. Brilliant. Baby Canone. Brilliant. Capuzzo in the games that he was playing, incredible. Uh, you know, Varney had some great games. You could just, you know, Brex, Brex, unsung Brex hero and there. Brex. Brex and Menoncello. I mean, granted, against Wales, I don't think that was their finest hour. No, but again, I, I think they, they still held up pretty well compared to some of the shockers that other players had against Wales, I would say. Um, and then Marisi on Saturday, I thought he was great stepping in last minute. I've I've always been a massive fan of Marisi, Zanon as well. But I, I hear he's he, Zanon needs to get back to Zanon's absolute best because he used to be so incredible. Do but you yes. know what? I think maybe it's the wings. Maybe that's what we're missing now. Then is well, I'd I'd have given it to Rusa, Rusa, yeah, Rusa, Rusa, but he didn't give that pass away in the Wales game. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. that's the thing. And they, all these guys have done so amazingly. There's a couple of mistakes and they do come back to hurt you. Captain, Il Capitano. Mm-hmm. Terrible pass to Brex, 76 minutes in. That is a try. Yeah. And the pass was not correct. All the guys that we say doing really, really well, you then look and they go, you know, what, what is that? 
even Garbisi towards the end of the game against Scotland as a penalty. He just has to plop it on the five metres line. He kicks it backwards. Yeah, he shunts it completely. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but it's coming. It's coming together and you can feel it coming together. And it's just, even though it's sad, even people who haven't paid attention to Italy are sort of funny realizing that it's coming together and it is coming together and the depth is just improving and improving and improving as we'll see when we talk about the under 20s well let's talk about the under 20s because they made history this weekend how so the under 20s for the first time ever finished third in the table huge news um and actually felt like was probably due because last year they finished fourth, even though they won more games than England. And this year we finished third, even though England won more games than us. There is a strange system that the Six Nations do in all their tournaments, which is points and then not done on matches one. It's done on points difference straight away. It's really odd. Which is... I'm not sure I like it. No, I don't think I like it. But it worked in Italy's favour this year, didn't last year, but this year... They've come third. It's really great news. Um, and actually, I think I read somewhere that each year they've been moving up the table, basically year on year. So 2020, they were sixth. 2021, they were fifth. 2022, they were fourth. 2023, they're third. And they could have come second if it wasn't for the abysmal kicking. Their kicking is about 30%, I think. 35%. It's shocking. Truly shocking. And I am so pleased that they didn't start Sante this week because he needs to not be starting. If your kicking is that bad, you cannot be starting at number 10. You just can't. Um, and actually, Bidizi Gala, who they did bring in, four out of five kicks I think he got. And he's eight, 18 years old, isn't he? Yeah, he's so young. Yeah, it's Awful great. haircut. One of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. Yeah. Very good rugby player. Yeah, good rugby player. Fun fact, I'll feed this to you guys. Italy, under 20s, lost every first half of the tournament, but won every second half. Well, I think if you're the coach, you need to tell them to start winning the first half. <laughs> yeah, they've had to come back um, in all of their games. Uh, some of them they didn't win, but... So Italy got seven bonus points. They got a bonus point, at least one, of every team they played against in the under 20s. They got two bonus points against France, two bonus points against England, one bonus point against Scotland, one bonus point against Wales, one bonus point against Ireland, which was a four-try bonus point. That's great. It's great. And that's how they climbed above England. And that team's got some real talent. And they'll be coming through, and that'll be the depth that Italy are going to rely on in the future. And you can feel it. I mean, you can feel it just in the way that the fans are reacting to it, right? We said that while we watched the game on Sunday, that the stadium in Glasgow was basically empty. Um, if you compare that with the Monigo when Italy played Wales the week before, that was completely full. Um, so Benetton full struggled made, to fill it. So full it made Coach angry. Yeah. Why was it so packed? <laughs> Why does it make you angry? Because it was more packed than any time we went there. <laughs> we need the new stand. We need a stand. Why was it so busy? <laughs> <laughs> but that goes to show, right? The energy is there. Like the, the they're not. It, they're, all of their games actually have been really good fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching all of them. Um, the under twenties has been great this year. 
their pack is so dominant. But also, when they run the ball, they look incredibly exciting. So yeah, they they. I mean, you almost felt for Scotland in that game because their pack was so ridiculous and so dominant that Scotland were a bit like, oh, what can we do? Um, but they did miss up a load of lineouts in the first half, Italy. So again, that's maybe something, a theme that runs through the uh, the adults and the the under twenties there. The lineouts. You think that was unsporting? If you watch the France Wales game, the under twenties, France just wouldn't stop, and the game kept going, and they would not kick the ball into touch and it became really really hard on the welsh players that game was an absolute absolute thumping it's hard isn't it if your scrum just isn't up to scratch it, it we've discussed this at length before it's almost unfair to penalize a team when your scrum just isn't as good as the other as the other pack at, at yeah, i don't think it's really foul play no no, it should just be okay. You're stronger, so you're more likely to get the ball. It shouldn't be like okay, you, you know, your scrum can't handle it. So after three, or one of you gets a yellow card, which then penalizes further, penalizes you, and puts you under even more pressure. So then you definitely can't compete. Um, yeah, I don't really know how you fix that. No, I don't know, but I I do agree. It um it means if you have if you've got a, a severely weaker scrum, you're fucked. But that is probably why that tight heads are the highest played players in the game. I have nothing to say. <laughs> but anyway. This is far too niche for me. <laughs> the Italian scrum was incredible. They've got some props there which are going to go very far. There. Oh, the back Odiese row. In the back oh. row. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Sante's already in France. He's he's fine. He'll be fine. He really um, needs a then, kicking coach. And then May at the back, who's already played a senior game for Claremont. He's not just a player that's going to be on the bench for Capuzzo in the future. He's a player who is actually going to really fight Capuzzo for that senior fullback yeah. jersey. It's... And that is exactly the kind of competition you want. Yeah. You're going to have two of the best fullbacks in the top 14, both fighting for the 15 jersey for Italy. It's great. And and they're such different fullbacks, right? Like their style is so different, but both just so, so, so talented. Um, it's really exciting. Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna record um Odiasse's, uh interview that he gave. I think after the France game when he got man of the match. We are sending a big message to World Rugby that we are coming for all you people. We have been working hard, eating shit a lot for the past years, and now the results are starting to come. And they are going to come. They've come for the under-20s. They're building every year. It's just a matter of time before they come for the adults. It's coming. It's very exciting. Is it coming home? Well, not my home. <laughs> no, and that... That song's brought me no luck over the years, so... Yeah, that's not a we song should, you want. We should not use it. Okay, we, we won't. I don't think anyone's discussing actually taking it. Um, you're, you're very welcome to keep it. Um, guys, let's sort of start looking towards wrapping this up. I think the, the last big thing to mention is obviously with the Six Nations coming to an end, we're going to be looking to the URC, to the Challenge Cup, etc. Here we are, Benetton versus the Lions this weekend. Hopefully, Benetton put out a, a good side. Hopefully, they give some of their players who are absolutely exhausted a rest, but use the ones who are, are able to play. It's a massive game. Zebre also have a massive game. Their last chance, really, of the season, I would say, to, to grab a win. 
So hopefully they can do it. Um, Who are they playing? At Cardiff. At home? Yeah, Cardiff Ooh, and Cardiff. Oh, that is, yeah, that, that might be it. If they aren't targeting that. Um, but equally, yeah, as you say, Benetton need to target this because after this game, they're going away and finishing their their season in South Africa against some solid, solid teams. So I know, but then also in the middle of that, they do have to win the Challenge Cup. Well, they will win the Challenge Cup. What do you mean? No, I'm just saying, don't forget that they're winning. In, in the middle of all of that, they're winning the Challenge Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? I think we should do what we discussed, um, coach, our strategy for... Um, beating the South African teams when they come to Italy. Yeah, just give them spritz. Give them a load of spritz. Show them the rivers. Spritz, tiramisu. Um, They'll forget they're there for a rugby game. Show them the square, the Mm -hmm. merry-go-round. Yeah. (laughs) Once you see that merry-go-round, you're all (laughs) intoxicated. For anyone who's not been to (laughs) Treviso. Sorry, what? (laughs) Someone's on a list. What? I don't know what it's called. Was it a merry-go-round? No, it's fine. It's not that. It's the fact that you're Carousel. saying once you see the children's playing apparatus in the square, you are intoxicated. I thought it was for adults as well. I've seen adults use it. It's I've a lovely entire... carousel. I've it's very nice. Entire... It's got a picture of the Rialto on it. It's sort of very Venetian. It's, it's well, really we're lovely. We're cutting all this out. <laughs> I can call a pedo on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being called a pedo on my own podcast. It's such a, it's such a like hard and fast rule, you know. Like he's got that rule written down of things he will not accept in life. One, I will not, will not. But can I? Do I actually have to edit that out? I probably do. Yes. But yeah, if we can just get them a little bit drunk, um, then, you know, they'll roll over like the Bulls did in the Rainbow Cup final, and then we'll head down to South Africa. But yeah, it, it will be interesting to see who um, Bortolami picks after basically all of his first choice scrum has been busy with the with the Italy team. The selection is absolutely essential. And I would normally say we can't have a strong rotation, but we're going to have to because loads of the other guys are going to be absolutely knackered so yeah but then on the other hand at least it's at home right so I kind of want to say to them guys can you just put in a shift for this last home game um I know you're tired but we need to win it and then send some of the others down to South Africa the week after I don't know if the Argentinians will be available they should be why would they not be I don't know the Argentinians announced a squad and I don't know when they're going fine they will be they will be they will be yeah and actually I was wrong they're not going down to South Africa the following week because then the following week is Connacht at home oh lots to look forward to um and of course they're going to win that Eddie because what will happen well that's a knockout game so they have to win that because they can't win the challenge cup unless they win it that's mad and they're going to win the challenge cup which means they're going to beat Connacht and on that note that's it from us this week Unfortunately, another Six Nations season is over, but it wasn't just the men on the pitch who made us happy and a bit sad. A big, big recognition needs to go to the men who are also off the pitch. Yep, Marius Goosen, Andrea Moretti, Kieran Crowley. Exciting, exciting, exciting rugby. We've loved all of it and we cannot wait 
to see how things progress from here. In the future, we may be getting some other people onto the podcast to talk about a few subjects. That'd be very exciting. I am now in the inner sanctum of Italian rugby fans. We talk about Italian rugby in the dark places of the internet and social media. <laughs> we are the Freemasons. We, we are the Freemasons of Italian rugby. And uh, they know a lot more about it than I do. So hopefully we'll be getting some of them on to talk about things in a bit more detail. And Rich and I aren't even involved. So it's all just Eddie getting the scoop um, and trying to rope these people in to come and chat on our podcast. I get the scoop like a 1950s New York journalist. (laughs) Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back next week. Ciao a tutti. Thank you.